0: Six.
1: hey everybody welcome to another episode of the 643 podcast i guess we can call this take two got about 10 minutes into recording a previous one realized that i didn't have the setup plugged in properly so we'll try for round two here uh Good day in the doubleheader yesterday to kind of wash the taste out of that final game against Miami out of our mouths, which was one of the most terrible ways to lose a sweep that I could possibly imagine Uh, from the Braves calling a rain delay at a time where they really didn't need to at a time where they could have finished out the game uh, before the rain delay even actually hit Uh, wasting a good offensive performance from Eddie Rosario. The bullpen just have not even, I don't really want to say it that way. The bullpen didn't have a meltdown. A.J. Mentor had a meltdown, which has kind of been a running theme for him here for the last uh, four outings or so. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But all in all, Braves looking pretty, looking good right now, starting to get everybody back healthy. Uh, Michael Harris has now returned to the lineup. Still really looking for him to get rolling. He hasn't to the to this point yet this year. A lot of that because he's hitting a lot of balls on the ground, but he did, he did have a nice hard hit single yesterday. Hopefully they can get him swinging the bats well, because it's pretty amazing that the Braves have put up this record that they've put up. Despite the fact that about half their lineup isn't really hitting, and again about half the lineup's been on the IL for vast majorities of the season, but yesterday had a doubleheader uh, in New York, and Game One was not a prototypical New York Mets ball game. Uh, not, not something that I was used to seeing. When you see, I believe it was five or six different home runs hit. You had the Braves in Game One hit one, two, three, four, and the Mets in Game One. Hit uh, three, so he had seven total homers hit in that ball game. Might have slipped them a little bit of the twenty nineteen juice baseballs, but um, that was that was quite a showing from the offenses. Both teams had nine hits. The Braves did have an error in that contest. It was a throw by Vaughn Grissom it gets charged as an error, but if you watch that play, uh, that one should have been challenged. I don't know why Snit didn't challenge it. Um, that that was a pretty easy reversal there. Yeah, Jeff McNeil take out or slide almost slide into Vaughn Grissom uh, and was nowhere near second base. And he couldn't have even reached out and grabbed it. Uh, I'm not going to say that he was trying to injure him or anything. Cause he didn't really slide into him that violently. It wasn't like a chase Utley thing, but clearly was out of the baseline clearly could not, it was clearly interference on the runner. So it should have been a double play there. Uh, but you did get to see a lot of really cool things, including a two home run six RBI day from Sean Murphy, who has been such a huge revelation for this lineup that bumps his season line. To, and, and I guess I should count the second game as well. Um, just bumping his, his overall season line right now to 282, 413, 647 with a 1061 OPS. I mean, he is just every, everything you could have possibly hoped for. Or 647 slugging, 1061 OPS, if I said that wrong. He has been everything you could have hoped for and more when the Braves made that acquisition. I've been kind of thinking about this, and I, I wanted to talk about this Uh, I talked about this on Saturday a little bit for 643 uh, when we were out at Druid Hills youth sports complex. He might've been a bigger steal than Matt Olson, which is crazy to say, because Matt Olson at the time that the Braves made the trade was widely regarded as, you know, a top three, top four, first baseman in baseball. And the guy that you kind of looked at and said, he's probably going to take over the reins from Freddie Freeman, his best first baseman in baseball. Now, I think it's comparable. It could be him. It could be Alonzo. It could be Vlad Jr. There are a number of really talented young first basemen or youngish first basemen in baseball right now. Freddie doesn't really look like he's slowing down. Paul Goldschmidt doesn't really look like he's slowing down. Uh, but Matt Olson's a fantastic player. And Sean Murphy is too. But a lot of Sean Murphy's value came in the fact that he was an elite all-around defender who did have power. He looked a lot like what you would hope Shea Langoliers would turn into. And we've seen the arm, we've seen his defensive ability, we've seen his framing ability behind the plate, but the power aspect was something that I thought was really going to uptick when he got out of Oakland. And if you looked at his lines when he was an athletic, he did hit significantly better on the road than he did at home, and he also was in a lineup that just didn't feature a lot of major league caliber hitters. So it was kind of really difficult for him to see a lot of pitches to to really get to lay into. That's not a problem, problem in this lineup, and he seems to have really found a home In the four spot in this lineup, just absolutely crushing pitches day in and day out. He's been, if it weren't for Ronald Acuna, Sean Murphy would be the most valuable player on this team. And speaking of Acuna, he had a third deck tank yesterday in game one against New York. That's why I kind of think they might have had a little bit of the juiced baseballs for that game. You just you don't see that in City in City Field. That is a monster, monster shot. Third deck anywhere is difficult. But City Field, the ball doesn't really fly there at all. So to have seven homers hit in a game, I kind of think there might have been something up with those baseballs, but I don't care. I'll take it. And for Ronald, his season line now is sitting at 363, 450, with a 584 slugging and a, 1084, or a 1034 OPS, uh, to which point I'll just say he is the front runner for MVP right now. He's the best player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani right now. Any superlative you want to throw on Ronald. You can throw that on Ronald Acuna. He's playing out of his mind right now. Anybody that tries to say anything different or pick apart any parts of Ronald's game, I think you got to be very—it's uh, very suspect. There's not a lot of reasons to hate on Ronald unless you listen to that doofus from the Athletic who spent, you know, the entire post game in 2019 against the Cardinals in a game that the bullpen blew, trying to get the Braves players and coaches to uh, take shots at Ronald for not hustling on a ball that should have gone out. Um, but regardless of that if you're in 2023 and you're looking at Ronald, and you're trying to find ways to talk anything bad about him or try to imply that he's a problem or an issue or anything like that. Um, the problem is with you. Uh, it's not, it's not with Ronald. He is the best player in baseball right now. He's the best player on the Braves by far. And he's playing, he's playing like it. Now, if you want to point to his attitude or things like that, I would say, um, understand that he's just turned 25 years old. Uh, and this year, I guess you could say, Oh, well, you know, the attitude looks much better. I would I don't really get into that quite as much. Maybe it's the fact that nobody really views Ronald as the leader on this team. I don't really know, but it's very annoying. And I know I don't want to spend a ton of time on that here. I'll just say, if you have anything bad to say about Ronald or try to imply that he's in any sort of way an issue on this ball club or that he has been an issue for this ball club, that's another thing. You had a bunch of unsubstantiated reports coming out that Ronald was going to cause friction in the locker room if some player got paid more than he did on a contract, which is just absolute garbage never was verified, was never anything of substance outside of a couple of troll Twitter accounts. And if you still are, are touting that information in 2023, uh, you should just shut up because you sound like an absolute idiot. Um, anyway, regardless, nice to see the Braves take game one, even if they did drop game two. Uh, Spencer Strider, surprisingly or not surprisingly, on a little bit of extra rest, uh, wasn't at his absolute sharpest. Now, part of that is because he doesn't typically pitch as well in city Field as he does in some other ballparks. He went five innings, gave up four, uh, gave up five hits, four earned runs, three walks, and a three-run homer to Pete Alonso. Did have eight strikeouts. So he did lose his consecutive games of nine strikeouts, which he holds the record for the Braves, but he came up two games shy of tying Nolan Ryan. But he does manage to scratch out eight Ks in a game where he really didn't have his best stuff. Uh, location on his fastball wasn't quite where he was wanting it to be. When Spencer's really going well, it's pinpointed at the top of the zone, at the bottom of the zone, and on the very edges like just nicks the black to where hitters can't do anything with it. When he's off of this fastball command, he'll get a little bit more middle of the plate. He'll get a little bit more uh, right above the navel instead of being at the very top of the zone, which allows hitters to make a little bit more contact. And the Mets, to their credit, they are, in my opinion, the most irritating lineup to have to face on a day-to-day basis. They... They just foul off everything. Just they are really, really annoying. I I can't stand having to face them. They have just kind of got this thing about them where if it's a pitch that they don't feel they're going to do anything with, they'll just kind of slap it away and foul it off. Very reminiscent to what the Braves did to Trevor Bauer uh, when he was still with Cleveland before all of his meltdowns and he went out and started whining. So I don't want to whine too much about it, Uh, but it is, it is very annoying. Uh, because it does drive up pitch counts. It does just kind of increase the the chance of making mistake. It's similar to what the Dodgers kind of employ. Uh and it it, it works for them because they don't have a lot of power outside of Alonzo and Lindor. It's just irritating. It's just very irritating to have to face that night in and night out. Um, but that's okay. Braves still got the win in that game. And in game two, I know they lost game two. Uh five to three. I will say it was a it was a pretty good outing. Actually it was a I thought it was a a much better outing than the line would illustrate for Charlie Morton. He got into some problems in the fifth inning. The bullpen didn't help out a ton. Uh, His line reads five and a third, six hits, four runs all earned with three walks and six strikeouts. Uh, But he did get lifted in the sixth inning with a runner on first and second. Uh, Michael Tonkin came in and did allow uh, a bases clearing hit. Uh, So that's where three of the four runs for Charlie's line came from. Uh, All in all, I thought Charlie looked pretty good. The strikeouts were were nice to see. The walks, three walks for Charlie, you could say it's a little high. But again, the Mets are a lineup that's going to foul off a lot of pitches. Charlie threw 92 pitches in that five and a third. Um, He threw 61 strikes, which is what I'm looking to see from Charlie. He's throwing a lot of strikes and kind of keeping the ball in the yard. It's generally going to be good outings from him. Uh, It was a very winnable game for the Braves. It didn't end up going their way in game two, but that's Okay. I don't really expect sweeps all the time. Most importantly, the Braves came away with another series victory, getting ready to play uh, Miami tonight. Now, there is an issue that I have right now with the bullpen, and that is A.J. Minter. Uh, He's given up a lot of bombs. Now, the home run he gave up in game one yesterday wasn't exactly one that I'd look at and say it's typically going to get hit out for a homer. Uh, It was in a pretty good location, actually, if you're A.J., just one of those tough things that when nothing's going for you, you can kind of see that. Now, Eduardo Escobar, not really the guy that you're expecting uh, to, to hit out of the ballpark. So, yeah, I would have liked to get the sweet. But you know what? I'll take winning the series any day of the week as the Braves just continue their march towards being where they want to be, which is at the top of the National League East and at the top of the National League in general. You're looking at this team right now, it still kind of feels like you're not playing with a full deck. We should get Rysell Iglesias back, which at this point for the bullpen – which was a real strength for them early in the season and projected before the season began. It's kind of been a little bit more of an issue here lately. I'm not worried about it. I think this could possibly be, you know, kind of just residuals from how much they were having to get used early in the season, particularly with AJ. And I know, I mean, the underlying numbers for AJ look good. So you could point at it and say a little bit of bad luck has been involved here. But that being said, those expected numbers only go so far when three out of your last four outings have been kind of bad. Um, that, that is something that you do kind of get a little bit concerned about. But again, with Rysel coming back any day now at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if he's back either today or tomorrow. Then, then you can kind of understand uh, what the what the role for AJ will kind of be going forward as Rysel will jump back into that closer spot. And AJ, they can use him a little bit less liberally uh, until he kind of gets everything ironed out which is good because you've had the emergence of Nick Anderson, and for anybody that's familiar with Nick Anderson over the course of his career, it's always just been about health when he's actually healthy. He's one of the better relievers in baseball. He's been doing that for the Braves this year. He's looked fantastic. He's quickly vaulted to one of my favorite guys in this pen. That curveball of his is just so nasty. He's got a good fastball. He locates very well. Uh, I think Alex Anthopoulos hit a home run with him. Tonkin has been a great story. Uh, I don't know how I feel about using him in higher leverage situations. Same with Jesse Chavez, Uh, but you got to do what you got to do when uh, you're having to use your bullpen a lot and you're having some guys out. Uh, It's nice to get Michael Harris back in there, hoping to start seeing him lift the ball a little bit and go on a little bit of a decent run here. Um, Hasn't really been a great season for him thus far, but again, injury early on in the season, it might just take him a little bit of time. I'd still expect big things from Michael this season. Uh, Travis, there is an interesting situation with Travis where I don't know when he's going to come back. The Braves haven't announced it and they're not going to rush him for sure on that. There's no reason to, but when he comes back with this being his fourth concussion and with it taking a little bit of time for him to come back, I do wonder if maybe this whole experiment of having him catch every other day and Sean Murphy catch every other day. I kind of hope that situation is done. Uh, and it's it's no knock on Travis, but if you're just looking at the two of them, Sean Murphy's the better catcher. Defensively speaking, he's the better catcher. He's got the better arm, he's got the better defender, framing, he's better as well. Uh and for Travis, if if you can cut down on the chances of him getting a concussion again, I would certainly do that. Now, Eddie had a had a pretty good day yesterday including a bases clearing triple. But if you tell me that that when Travis comes back, you start platooning the two at DH and then if Eddie if, if You know, if if Sam Hilliard kind of falls back down to earth or Kevin Pillar, who, by the way, hit a home run yesterday, which was nice to see, uh, or Kevin Pillar kind of falls down to earth a little bit, then, all right, Eddie can kind of go back to playing some left field if you have to. Um, But when Travis comes back, his role should be as the primary DH for this ball club. Uh, And then, you know, you can work in Eddie at times as well and some other guys who need a day off here and there. Um, Don't know what the move is going to be. When Travis comes back, it's going to be Chadwick Trump that gets sent down, but Uh, the corresponding move for Rice to Iglesias, I would, might end up being Kirby Yates with a phantom IL stint. It's a little telling that Kirby Yates hasn't gotten into a game uh, as much as some of the other guys, even Joe Jimenez finally got into a game yesterday. And I do want to talk about Joe Jimenez because you'd look at Joe Jimenez and he did give up a home run last night. You kind of say, well, that's a trade that's not working out so well for the Braves thus far. I don't really see that to be the case. Uh, I don't know why it is. If you look at his underlying numbers, they're not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad either. Certainly better than what his ranking in the pecking order for the Braves bullpen would kind of indicate. It just kind of looks like he doesn't have the trust of Brian Snicker yet. And for some of these relievers, if you're not using them often, they're coming in cold a lot, it can be kind of difficult. Now, I say his his underlying numbers aren't bad. They're actually not great. But the strikeout percentage, the walk percentage, the whiff percentage, I mean, those are all the, the chase rates. Those are all good. I don't really have a great explanation for what's going on outside of he just hasn't gotten into a lot of ball games at this point. He's only thrown 164 pitches. And to put that in perspective, I'll give you Michael Tonkin. Michael Tonkin's here in a second, who's above him in the pecking order. Um, I just, I'm not quite certain that they know what they want him in as his role to be. Maybe they've been playing a little bit slow with him coming off of the back issue in spring training, which I can certainly understand. Uh, it hurts a little bit when you see that uh, you're getting some good, or that the Tigers are getting some good work out of uh, Justin Henry Malloy in AAA. But yeah, Michael Tonkin has thrown 220 pitches right now, and he's got about the same as far as his velocity against him, his hard hit percentage against him, and his and the worst barrel percentage. Uh, than Joe Jimenez does, or about the same barrel percentage as Jimenez does. So I think that'll iron itself out the longer the season goes on, um, but that's really about it. I think what we're starting to see at this point is the Braves are starting to get healthy and everybody will kind of roll into form with Ronald doing, he's doing at the top of the lineups it can disguise a lot of things, but I think that's, what's more important to me and what's more impressive about what the Braves have done in the early going this year is they really haven't been firing all cylinders. You could be fooled by that by just looking at their record and guys like Max who have been incredible, Spencer, who's been really good. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Murphy's been incredible. Olsen is playing like Joey Gallo, and I don't mean that as an insult. It is all home runs or strikeouts or walks for him. It's working out well in the two spot. But even Riley's struggling now. Ozzy's kind of been hit or miss all season, although he might be um, kind of sustaining a little bit here lately. His swings have looked better lately. Eddie's put some good swings on balls lately, but still hasn't been performing to any great degree. The Braves' offense as a whole hasn't really been what we expect it to be. Now, maybe that's just a mark on how good this Braves lineup is when they're at full strength and how good this team is that they can be sitting here with 19 wins and really not playing their best baseball. I think that's what we're all looking for. Once this team does get fully healthy, what is this team going to look like? It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. I think they're going to win a whole lot of games. And I, I, what's going to, what's it going to be when you don't have to have that pressure on Ronald or on Sean Murphy to continue this going for as good as, as Ronald is doing, kind of hard to imagine he's going to keep up what he's doing all season long he certainly can he's certainly talented enough to but know, for sean murphy at some point sean murphy's going to go on a singles binge or go on a strikeout binge he's not gonna you know he's not gonna keep hitting a homer every other day for the rest of the season unfortunately um like riley you figure riley's going to get it sorted out soon enough he's kind of been struggling with the slider lately so probably an adjustment that he can work with the sites and, and kind of you know maybe get chipper back into the clubhouse and, and works on the opposite way even if means the power kind of tones down for a bit uh, just kind of get himself back on the baseball. I think I think you'll see this team tick back up in, in short order, uh, especially when Orlando gets back. While I think Vaughn has done an admirable job here lately, uh, I think he could be fooled. If you're just looking at his surface line numbers, like if you're just looking at his batting average, I think you will get fooled a little bit. Uh, he's not really impacting the baseball. It's not hitting it very hard. Everything he hits tends to be like a kind of a slower opposite field single, which fine. I, I mean, driving in runs and he's doing what he can do in the fill-in, that, that's... That's all that matters. He's probably focusing all of his attention right now on, on playing a defensive shortstop, uh, which I, I certainly understand. But when Orlando comes back, if he's looking anything like the Orlando that we saw before, the, uh, the micro fracture in the wrist, then that'll be another uptick in your lineup there. You'll be able to start sorting some things out along the way. Harris will work his way back up in the lineup as he continues to get rolling and kind of gets himself going. Um, that That's the one I'm looking for. Give me Michael Harris hitting like the Michael Harris that we saw last year. And this, this lineup looks much better. Get Orlando back in there. Riley will pick it back up at some point. Ozzy will go on one of those stretch runs of his, where he's one of the best hitters on the planet. And this team will be sitting pretty. The fact that we're already sitting pretty right now with all of these kind of ifs and buts, and that's not even mentioning the starting rotation. Kyle Wright, his his last outing got rained out against Miami, but he looked fantastic. Uh, Charlie Morton looked good yesterday. Bryce, it wasn't a great outing for him. He did give up three homers. They were all solo shots. But again, if you're talking about your number five starter, giving up you know, three runs in an outing and he goes five, six innings, that's fine. There's nothing There's nothing inherently wrong about that. Is it the best in the world? No. But for a number five, it's perfectly fine. Now, I know a lot of guys got beat around on the farm yesterday. There was some talk about uh, on Friday, if the Braves need another starter, could be Michael Soroka getting his debut uh, for the big league club this year. He got blown up in Gwinnett coming off of, I believe it was, 10 or 11 days rest he, he'd had it was more rest than he'd had at any other point this season uh, I'm not that worried about it he was throwing strikes you know just one of those days where he didn't give up any homers so I'd have to imagine defense wasn't great some bad luck hits there also um, but if Soroka comes up I don't know what their plan is with him I do think he's going to be up in May at some point uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Friday I also wouldn't be surprised if you don't want to go with Soroka I would just throw a bullpen game you could say Jared Schuster but The same problems he was having with the big league club the first time around his first stint he's also been having Gwinnett he's also walking a lot of people right now Uh, it's just something that that if you're not gonna roll if you're not gonna give Soroka that spot then I would just roll with a bullpen game Jesse can throw two Tonkin can throw two most of the guys in this pin can throw two and as a matter of fact that might be a case where I start AJ Minter see if you can get two or three out of him on Friday. That might do some wonders for his confidence as well. That might be good for him to get in in a different situation um, and, and kind of you know throw a little bit of trust his way. Uh, but the Braves have the bullpen to be able to handle that, no matter how they want to approach it. We'll see as we get closer during the week. I don't have a whole lot more other than to say just reminder: it's going to be a um, earlier start time than normal. The Braves are in Miami taking on the Fish. We'll see what we've got going on today. I think it's Kyle Wright's day. No, Bryce Elder. So taking on Sandy Alcantara, so going to be a tough matchup. Lineup's not available yet. Now I should mention for Ronald in Game Two yesterday, uh, he did get hit in the shoulder, as you've all seen at this point. Had to leave the game. Turns out it's just a, a shoulder contusion. Day to day, I would imagine as long as you can, you know, kind of flex the fingers and feel the arm, he'll be in the lineup tonight. Maybe you give him a day off against Alcantara, although. <sighs> I don't I don't think they will. And I know there's a lot of different stuff going around on that play. First of all, I'll just say Tyler McGill wasn't trying to hit Acuna in that spot. And you're, If you're going to hit him, you don't hit him when it's 0-2, uh, especially in a game where you're trying to stave off a sweep in the first inning. You're not, you're not trying to intentionally put a runner on. Uh, that's not a spot that you generally hit somebody and knock them out of a game with either. Um, it just happened to hit in a weird spot. You don't see a lot of guys get hit on that part of the shoulder. It's kind of like right where your ulnar nerve bundle is. Where um, if you hear people talk about getting like thoracic outlet syndrome, generally speaking, that's what it's talking about is that area right there at kind of the front of your shoulder. There's a nerve bundle under there that if it gets hit, or in the case of a thoracic outlet where it's either inflamed or something is rubbing against the joint itself, it'll uh, it makes your arm numb. You can't really feel it. And if you can't if you can't feel your arm and you can't play baseball, you can't swing, you can't feel it's Ronald's um it was Ronald's glove hand. So not going to be able to squeeze the ball or anything like that. So just precautionary, get him out of the game. Um, now, some people will take this the wrong. way. Ronald is, you know, he's, I don't want to say, he's he's a little traumatic when he gets hit. And don't take this to mean that I'm saying that it didn't hurt at all and that nobody else would have shown any emotion. They would have just kept playing. You can't feel your arm, you can't feel your arm. If you can't feel your arm, you can't play. And if you try to tough that out and play anyway, you're likely going to cause some some mistakes and hurt your team by doing so. Ronald is a little dramatic when he gets hit. It's not a, not a knock on Ronald. Just, you know, he doesn't like getting hit. And <laughs> to tell you the truth, I never did either. Most of us didn't either. It sucks getting hit. It hurts. Uh, and that's not when you're, That's when it's not 95 miles an hour. That, that doesn't feel good at all. It doesn't matter where you get hit. It doesn't feel good. Uh, so for Ronald, hopefully he's back in the lineup tonight. Because against Sandy, while it hasn't been an incredible start to the season for Sandy, uh, I do always like to start series off on the right foot. If you can take game one against Sandy with Bryce Elder starting for you, and again, with the with the Marlins lineup. By the way, the Marlins and the Mets have the same record this year. Marlins have actually been pretty impressive. Uh, if you can take game one against the Fish, uh, kind of avenge that horrible blunder that you had against them last week, uh, that would make you feel right and time, make you feel good heading into uh, the rest of this series going forward. So we'll see how that goes. 6.40 start time, I believe it'll be tonight for the first pitch. Um, that's going to do it for us today. We'll try to be back again on Thursday here for the 643
0: podcast. I'm the end that's all, folks.